Well, we're back. We are here with a little bit late, but still wonderful episode of Movie Mastery. It's me, it's John, and Jeff's over there. I'm over here. Hi, Jeff. Hi, John. We're doing it. We're doing the thing where we watch movies that you suggest, and this week we are watching Stealth. Yeah, Stealth. Yeah, Stealth is... Oddly, just from the name, I remembered this movie. I don't know why the trailers for this stuck with me so much, but I was like, oh yeah, Stealth, I remember exactly what that movie is. I'm surprised I didn't see this before, because normally I see all Jet movies being sort of an airplane-y dork. Oh yeah, but I assume you didn't see this one because it looked like hot garbage. That's not enough to stop me from seeing an airplane movie. That's true. (laughs) I can't tell you how many times I've seen Iron Eagle. Uh, is it three? It is four. Oh, I was so close. Wait, I can't tell you. Oh, no. You broke your own rules. <laughs> Shoot, I have to go back to my home dimension now. <laughs> that's how it works. If I tell anyone how many times I've seen Iron Eagle. Yep, that's how we get rid of you. That's the only way. <laughs> to tell that, I have phenomenal cosmic power. <laughs> that's great. I'm glad that we've established those rules. Yeah. So, uh, we watched the trailer for this. And, uh, Jeff, predictions. Yeah, based on the trailer that we watched, uh, let's see. My first and foremost prediction is that Jamie Foxx is going to die. Okay, yeah. So, uh, just from this, we saw that there were three super cool hot pilots. And there's an evil, like, drone? Something? I don't even... It's like a jet, but it's also a drone. Yeah, I, well, I mean, it's... It's like the most video gamey looking thing, but it's like a like a smart ball. Yeah, one of them smart balls. Yeah. So uh let's see. I say Jamie Foxx is gonna die and uh man, I, I okay, I'm I'm also gonna guess that there are a lot of made up jets in this movie. I mean, granted, the, the one jet that everyone's flying, like the that that that's a very fake video gamey jet, but I'm gonna guess that like the bad guys have have secret super jets. <laughs> I'm just going to be all super jets and secrets. Uh, and while while we were watching the trailer for this, there was also the wonderful uh, conclusion you made that everything was going to be like a stupid kids club. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. I forgot about Yeah, okay. So one of my major predictions for this, which somehow slipped my mind entirely, is that the three leads are going to basically be like 10-year-olds that get to fly jets. <laughs> like, like uh, their rooms are going to be full of, like, board games and, and drawings that they did themselves. <laughs> like, that's... And, and there's never going to be a scene where they aren't listening to the raddest music, except that the music's going to be coded to whether they are a girl or black. Like, that's... I guarantee that that is all going to happen. Like, like these movies, these, these uh, early 2000s, late 90s military fetish movies always seem to feature characters that are nowhere near what a military person would be like. Yeah, I mean, even like older ones like a Top Gun or something like that, they always want to make it seem like, oh yeah, man, if you're in like any of the armed forces, but especially if you're in the Air Force, you just get to do anything. Man, it's Top like Gun's a- not about the Air Force. What the fuck are you thinking? <laughs> <laughs> I can't even think of a movie that's about the Air Force. They're always about the Navy. Eh. Yeah, anyway, sorry. Whatever. I'm so I'm just jumping down your throat. I'm so mad, so mad at you right now. I'm sorry, man. I'm on edge. You guys should know that we recorded this on on November 9th. <laughs> yeah, just so you know. Yeah, just so you're aware, we are doing this for you. Yeah. So that's. I'm sorry, John. I didn't. I'm taking out my anger on you. 
<laughs> don't do that. Um, it's oh. fine. I've but got no, this you, cat, and I'm petting a cat. It's fine. It, you're right, though. It's always pilots. Yes. Pilots in the military are basically like just rad space pilot superheroes. They just get to do whatever they want, and, and they get to dress however they want. Like, I guarantee you we see Jessica Biel in a fucking belly shirt on duty in this movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. They, there's always very few repercussions as well. Mm-hmm. Like, in most other military films, for some reason, like, if someone breaks the rules or does something, they're like, oh, you're going to get court-martialed, but... Whenever it's like, I'm flying a jet, and then I just completely disobeyed orders, and everyone's like, you, you're on thin ice. I'm like, what is this, a cop film? Yeah, like, it's they're they more likely to get court-martialed because they're, they're goofing around with $20 million equipment. Oh, yeah. Like, when some idiot doesn't do what they're told, and they're like, oh, you're going to get court-martialed, and it was putting yourself in danger and maybe a couple other guys. I'm like, yeah, but the military doesn't care about that. If you crash one of their ridiculous expensive planes, though, oh, they're going to care. Yeah. And they certainly aren't going to let you decorate your room like it's the Burger King clubhouse. <laughs> oh, excellent. Okay, so that's basically our first impressions of this going into it. We're going to be right back. We're going to watch this movie. We are going to tell you all about how awesome stealth is. I am sure that it will be amazing. Uh, yeah, it's going to be the best. It's going to be about airplanes. Yeah, so we will be right back. back we are back with stealth technology you didn't even see us coming are you surprisingly very little of this movie is about stealth technology right that was weird to me because the whole thing is called stealth and the big thing at the very beginning of the movie is they're like oh we've got these super experimental stealth jets and you're like all right sure that's cool i'm up to speed now do a stealth thing and then never and then they get the stealth like ai and it's like, oh yeah and he's got a cool stealth jet thing too and he's a stealth ai yeah and then then like the, it's a little hole blown in his wing and he's like my stealth ai is disabled i am <laughs> no longer a stealth this movie is now just called jet <laughs> like there's what the one point where he goes like oh no i can't maintain stealth mode i'm like when the fuck were you doing what that? difference does it make no, at no point has it mattered whether or not you were in stealth mode throughout the course of this film no there's there's no like weird sci-fi stealth effect like you know the marvel universe we're like oh yeah we're we're actually invisible well, we have a refractory light technology none of that there's also no point where they're like flying through and they even make mention of oh yeah and they have the ability to i don't know reflect radar that's what it is real stealth technology isn't invisible jets like when you're talking about yeah. the b2 and the f117 they have a reduced radar signature they look like big birds instead of airplanes and that, on radar, specifically. Yeah. Uh, so they're very good. And by the way, the stealth fighter isn't a fighter. It's just another bomber. But uh, but both of them are very good at flying undetectable by radar, which to me implied that we'd see enemies looking at radar at some point. Like, I'd expect, like, yeah. oh, we're flying over North Korea, and they're looking at their radar screens, but they don't see anything. They no. just see a bird. No, bad guys in this movie basically just don't have faces and don't do anything, so... 
Yeah, it's it is weird that you would name it stealth and not like drone or like cool fighter pilot. Cool fighter pilot would be the closest thing. I I, I can't see a movie called Drone succeeding because it's got kind of a negative work connotation to it. I don't mean like in today's modern like you know drones are used to kill people because this was made in like the late nineties. Oh yeah, they didn't know they they were calling it a UCAV or an unarmed combat air or unmanned combat air vehicle yeah, or something. Unarmed combat. It's unarmed. Thing. So armed. That thing had infinite missiles. Oh yeah, that thing was basically out of Robotech. Yeah, but uh, but they were like, oh, it's a cool drone. Drones are cool. Nowadays you'd be like drone. You can't call a movie that because it would no one likes them anymore. But even then, it still had that term. Like drone just sounds like to go on and on about a topic. Yeah, but I think if people were like, "Oh yeah, this is about a like super kill drone," like if kill drone, call it kill drone. Why? Did, why couldn't they call it the airplane that liked Incubus? <laughs> <laughs> that's the little airplane that liked Incubus. That's what I would have called. That, that's my alternate title for this movie. <laughs> The scrappy little jet that loved Incubus oh. and his wacky adventures. <laughs> All right, why don't we go through the the play by play? <laughs> oh God. Okay. So first we get an opening text scrawl. Oh yeah, six paragraphs. Gotta love. Yeah, and it's like flying through the air at low altitude and high speed. And here's six paragraphs of text about how fighter pilots are the very best. Yeah. Oh, we had these experimental jets and. Like, 40,000 pilots tried out for it, and three made the cut. Man, if these are the three who made the cut, what the heck were the other 40,000, like, 39,997 yeah. pilots like? I I can't even imagine, because they're like, oh, what did you pick? Well, we picked a guy who cannot follow orders no matter what. Oh, yeah, he literally will not follow an order. No, like, if you give him an order... You should just do it the opposite of what you want him to do, because the entire movie is him being like, no, I don't want to do that. I know better. So, yeah, that that's our star, Josh Lucas. Yeah. Who, for my money, is basically the little Owen Wilson that couldn't. Man, he is, every time I see him in a movie, the only reason he exists is to be a smug asshole. Yeah. And it, it, and it rings face, true for this as well. His face basically says, we couldn't get Owen Wilson, and then we couldn't get Scott Bakula, so we went with we went with Josh Lucas. We couldn't get Scott Bakula. Yeah. How sad are you as a filmmaker if you're like, well, we tried to get Bakula, and he was like, meh. I'll tell you how sad you are. You are the maker of stealth. <laughs> uh, so. <laughs> so we got him, and then we got... The super smart girl who's real smart and always showing up the boys. Oh, yeah. We've got... Like a 90s serial commercial. Yeah, it is a straight out of the, we need to include a girl here, so she needs to be better and smarter than the boys, but also subservient to them for most of the time. Right, and that would be Jessica Beale. Oh, Jessica Beale, who I'm not sure why we decided for a while was a star. Like, I can't think of anything she's ever been in that I'm like... Wow, good job, Jessica Biel. I know. I, I can think of three Jessica Biel movies, and I'm counting this one. Yeah. And those are, of course, Stealth. Yeah. And then also uh, Blade Three. No. Oh. And, uh, and and in that, she is if uh, if uh, what's his, if Snipes hadn't gone completely insane during the making of Blade Three, <laughs> then she would have been the worst part of Blade Three because yeah. she's because her whole fighting to to new metal while wearing headphones thing was just atrocious. Yeah. Yep. Also, do you remember that Patton Oswalt was in that movie? I do, barely. Isn't that weird? <laughs> hard to think of it, but yeah, I mean, that's really just the first Ryan Reynolds superhero movie when, when you get down to it. Yeah, he and, just had so many chances. Yeah, that's his first of what, I think, three appearances as superheroes so far? Yep. 
So, uh, as Hannibal King of the Darkhold or something. But uh, any, anyway, so that she's in that. And then she's also the, the, the love interest in I Now Pronounce You Chuck and Larry. <laughs> I think. I love that that's the other movie you know her from. I'll tell you why. Because when I was thinking, when you, we were watching the movie, you were talking about, like, what's her appeal? What is the point of her? Yeah. Are, are, isn't, aren't there already, like, enough famous Jessicas? Are, 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 are we good? And I was like, well, I, I remember that in I Now Pronounce You Chuck and Larry, they couldn't put all the homophobia on screen during the commercials. So instead, the commercial was mostly just a shot of her butt. Mostly. Yeah, it was just like, Adam Sandler, Kevin James, I'm a little serious, and soon I'm going to be too fat for movies, and Jessica Biel's ass. Hold it. Just hold the frame. There it is. Look at it. Don't pan away. Jessica Biel's ass, everybody. Adam, I mean, I I get that she's attractive, but we have so many attractive people, and for a very brief amount of time, she was sort of a, like, Household name. She was in a lot of stuff. I just don't get it. Man, can you name another one? Do you have another Jessica Biel movie on tap? Because I do not. Oh, she's been in plenty of stuff. I just can't think of it right now. Yeah. I'm sure if I IMD beat it, I'd be like, oh, yeah, I've seen at least several of these. But anyway, she plays, like I was saying before, she plays the girl character from any children's commercial. Yeah. You know, it's always like three boys hanging out and playing, and then the one girl shows up, and she's like, I'm the best at playing Fire Hydrant Catch or whatever the fuck. Oh, it's, Kids it's board the, game it is. the Disney sports movie. Yeah. It's, we have a team full of boys, and then, ooh, a girl wants to play, and then she's the star player. And then she's still not the star of the movie, though. No, of course not. Yeah. She'll come out and be like, I'm going to show up everyone, but then this is still going to be about, like, the plucky young boy who needs to learn a lesson. Also, he falls in love with me. And he needs to reconnect with his dad. <laughs> <laughs> and then the coach is a surrogate dad until the real dad shows up and is like, I'm a dad. <laughs> and Emilio Estevez is there. <laughs> but, uh, okay, and then we have our third character, the, I, I can't even, just just a random assemblage of character traits in Jamie Foxx. It doesn't even... Jamie Foxx's character feels like they wrote the character for someone else, and then they got Jamie Foxx for the role, and then they just added a bunch more stuff, because he seems like, in half of his scenes, he's a very stereotypical... Like, narcissist, almost racist type of uh, guy who's like, oh, yeah, and I, I love these Asians, even though they don't know any of the words that I'm saying. And you're like, oh, my God, you're terrible. And then, and then the other half is it's, oh, wait, we realized he's black. We need to make him mention that as often as possible. Yeah, so he's a lot of lines about being black and, and, and uh, stuff about black respectability in, in the military. And then when they actually get some shore leave in Thailand, he straight up turns it into Good Morning Vietnam and hassles some woman who can't speak English into dating him. Oh, yeah. And, like, not even, oh, I met her at a club and we I, like, try and hit it out with her. He is walking up the stairs while she is walking down some stairs, and he straight up just runs back, gets in front of her, and is like, you need to come with oh, me. Oh, he grabs her by the shoulder and stops her. Oh, yeah. I'm like, whoa, what the hell is going on yeah, here? There's some Thai woman walking down some stairs, and he just sees her, turns around, reaches out, and snags her by the shoulder to stop her from moving anywhere, and then just starts yelling at her face about how she's hot. Yeah. And then the next shot, she's dressed up in fancy clothes and on a date with him. Yep, great. Still doesn't speak English. Nope. <laughs> Wonderful. And then uh, the other weird thing, and this is why I'm, I'm agreeing with you, it seems like he was written for someone else entirely. One of his opening scenes, he's straight up like a math weirdo. Yeah. yeah, he's like he's like I like three people on my team. Three's a prime number. Two's a prime number. Four's not a prime number. Five is a prime number. And he's just listing prime numbers. It's it's a weird trait for him to have. And again, it feels like something that would have gone to a different character. 
Yeah. And then, of course... Well, they, it's it's not that you can't have a, a weirdo black math nerd. It's just that he doesn't do anything else like that. Throughout. No, that has nothing else to do with this character. It's just brought up in a scene yeah. and then thrown away. And this is basically every scene of Jamie Foxx in this movie is he'll do something that has nothing to do with the rest of his character, be completely focused on that for that scene, and then never again. Yeah, it's very unusual. Anyway, we open on the three of them flying around in cool super jets. They're called F-37 Talons, and they have every jet power. They have all the jet powers, and they have lots of abilities, and boy howdy, they're on a training mission, so we get that, like, uh, we're flying around, we're shooting stuff, we're blowing stuff yeah. up, and you see it's like mannequins. Like, weird, oh, okay, great. The jets are never, like, at high altitude. It seems like these three super cool mega jets they have are designed to fly at, like, 15 feet around canyons. <laughs> Well, that's, again, one of those things anytime you get, let's focus on how cool of a pilot someone is, it's, well, because they're such an amazing pilot, all they do with their life is fly around right next to the ground and through canyons. That's it. Just flying around through canyons. Although, if you were to build a modern air superiority fighter, it wouldn't bother with all this nonsense. It would just hover 40 miles away from whatever it is it needs to blow up, and then blow it up. Yep. But no, because it's got to be a cool visceral movie. It's just these three pilots have to go in at low altitude near some flak guns. To do that, they'll have to fly around a bunch of canyons and do a bunch of tight banks. <laughs> yeah, instead of just going, oh, there's our target. It's several miles off and blown up. Anyway, this is kind of a neat scene just because all their teamwork is actually like really good. Like All three of them are pretty well on point. There's not like one rebel no, they, they blow up their target. I, I kept expecting one of them to be like, no, I can handle this, and then die, and then have it be revealed that it's a simulation. I was amazed that we didn't pull back to the simulator for this I sequence. mean, we get a little bit of that with Jessica Beale in that apparently the target she was going for, she wasn't able to get to it, so she had to go to a secondary target. Like, when they're doing a briefing afterwards, and we get that whole prime number thing from Jamie Foxx, they're like, oh, well, I don't know what was going on out there. And Jessica Biel's like, well, it was it was my fault. I didn't do whatever. And then, of course, fucking, like, main douchebag is like, no, nah, we're a team. The fact that you did this meant that I could go and do this. Yeah. Josh Lucas. Ben, by the way, if we don't want to call him. Ben, there we go. If we don't want to call him main douchebag all the way through the film. <laughs> well, the, you know. Then Ben. Ben's but, easier. But, uh, the, in, one of my predictions, by the way, was that the three pilots were just going to be big, dumb kids. Like, just... Oh, join the military. You get to act like a total doofbag, and you get to sex all the hot women. Is uh, right when they go to their briefing after this flying mission, the captain in charge is like, "Great job, guys! You get popsicles." <laughs> it was amazing that I was like, after you had that prediction, I went, "God damn!" Right off the bat, <laughs> I know you guys all get popsicles. And Jessica Biel's like, "I want a grape one," and Josh Lucas is like, "But I already got the last grape one." I mean, literally, that's that's what happens. Yes. I'm amazed they didn't then learn a lesson about how to be nice to their wheelchair friend. Also, and this is the first moment of it, there's apples on the table, and Josh Lucas, instead of getting the popsicle, because he gives the last grape one to Jessica Biel, Mm -hmm. has an apple. This is going to be a thing throughout the entire movie, is there will randomly be just like big things of apples around? They're not random. The apples follow around the bad guy. No, it's... (laughs) I mean, I hate to... Uh, completely reference the cinema sins here, but it's basically just 
you're eating an apple because it makes you look like more of an asshole. Yeah. Well, no, the bad guy, every scene with the bad guy, when he's in a position of power, the bad guy, by the way, is their commanding officer. He's just, I forget his rank. He's like a colonel or something. And uh, Commander or something he's co- or Yeah, he's a commander, whatever. And But every scene he's in, he's got apples. He's There's always apples. He's rarely eating one, but it's always it, like in his office on the on the uh, aircraft carrier they eventually get assigned to. He has two giant like uh, conti- like baskets of apples in his in his room. Oh yeah, like it's one thing to go, man. You you just have like a big old like serving bowl of apples there, but it's not one. It's two of them. Two what giant- is going on and, here? And they're on an aircraft carrier somewhere out like off the coast of Russia. <laughs> Where are they getting all these apples? Ugh. Like, I mean, maybe I would have gone, oh, those are just decorative apples. But then straight up, like, Ben, again, takes one of them and is like, I'm going to eat this apple. So anyway, the bad guy, I can't remember, Commander or whatever. He's, I'm sure he's got some standard military name. His name is probably Commander Stryker. Uh, I think it's Cummings? Cunnings? Sure, whatever. Commander Cuntings has just an incredible amount of apples around him all the time to signify how evil he is. All right, well, Commander Apples, there we go. Commander Apples. We're going to call him Commander Apples. Admiral huh? Apples. <laughs> Admiral Applesby. <laughs> Admiral Applebar. <laughs> it's a trapple flavor. <laughs> uh, so, so then they get uh, informed that they are going to get a new wingman, and that's why we get the whole prime number spiel, because he's like, oh, you're going to take us to four, but we already know how to fly together in three is a lucky number because it's prime. I, and, and right up, here's the next thing we establish about them all just being big kids is that he starts just ranting on and on about how getting an extra wingman is a bad thing. And then Josh Lucas is like, yeah, we don't want an extra wingman. We're a good team already. And instead of the cap, or the or instead of Admiral Applebar saying, shut the fuck up, boot, <laughs> and say, yes, sir, instead of all this nonsense you are saying. He's like, now, now, guys, it's come a, on. you got to learn how to share your toys and be a good team with the new kid. <laughs> you know, it can be hard moving to a new neighborhood instead of shut the fuck up or you're fired. <laughs> yeah, it's, hey, uh, you realize there are 39,000 other pilots that would like your place. Yeah. How about a little yes, sir? You realize you're in the military. <laughs> Uh, except that will be Ben's entire thing throughout the entire movie is, no, fuck you, I do what I want. Yeah. So they get assigned to an aircraft carrier. They and go to the USS Abraham Lincoln. And and uh, Jamie Foxx is crazy excited about this because the captain of the Abraham Lincoln is a black dude. Yep. So he's just like, yes, a black captain. I can't wait. I'm very, I, I am, I have, I have a lot of respect for him and I can't wait to meet him. And I think they like shake hands once and that's the entirety of all their interactions yes they get to the ship they they fly in on their cool super ship super jets and then landing by hovering to a landing arrives the secret super jet that's going to be the extra their wingman and it's a very different looking jet it's a little smaller it's brown for some reason yeah it's i mean it's almost like gold like the uh the three jets that they have are to give you an idea to give you a basic description of what they look like uh if you've ever heard of the X-35, uh, they kind of look like... You know what? Never mind. You've never heard of that. Um, <laughs> hey, for every, everyone listening that's a huge plane nerd... So, okay, they're like F-14s with swept forward wings. So, if swept forward wings and then those front canards like on a, uh, on a Vigan or something like that. They look... They, they're very high-tech looking. They have a lot of extra little platelets and planelets and so on and like... Little... Like, Little planelets. Little vents and so on all over them to make them look more badass and futuristic. But they are more recognizably like modern warplanes. 
Because when this thing lands, this new plane lands, it looks like when you used to be see model kits of the stealth fighter before anyone knew what it looked like. <laughs> it looks like a t- like a flying sharp nosed teardrop. I mean, it is really just super weird and like you said before very video gamey it looks like the last plane you unlock when you're playing un squadron <laughs> like you get all the real planes and then you finally get to this one and you're like the oh. super space plane oh it's experimental yeah it can carry every weapon armament and it is the fastest of the planes <laughs> so anyway it, it lands and they're all kind of gawking at it and amazed because it doesn't appear to have a pilot yeah and they're like oh how how are we gonna do with a drone, Brr. and then also they got to ask why the airplane that landed and is built just to be flown by this drone still has a chair in it. Oh yeah, it has a cockpit, and they're like, "So what? What's that all about?" And they're why like, did- "Oh well, in case we need to test out the plane, and someone else needs to fly it." Yeah, that's why it's got a window and a cockpit. Yep. Uh, and we get to meet the drone, uh, EDI, or uh, I'm sure what, Eddie, which, which I'm st- sure stands for something, probably like extreme deep intellect or something stupid. Oh, it's, it's extreme. Deep infiltration? Man, that just sounds like a porn movie version of this. Yeah, I, the fact that the E is extreme, I do remember that much. I'm like, extreme, really? guys? Is that, really? is that the best you could do? Someone really needed it this to be a name for something, and they're like, well, fuck it. Also, one of the things that got me super excited when I was watching the opening credits of this movie was that after the three leads... It was like Wentworth Miller. And I was like, really? <laughs> Wentworth Miller in like 2000? That's amazing. He's going to be like a little kid. I can't wait to see him. Because, you know, if you're not familiar, Wentworth Miller was on Prison Break, and then most recently he is Captain Cold. On The Flash show. On The Flash, and he is awesome on that show. Oh, yeah, he's great. I love him. Oh, I am I am in love with him in general. Not just, not just Captain Cold's character, but the actor. The dude is a half-black gay guy. Yeah. And he's super hot and smooth and famous. It's It's perfect. So I was very I was very excited to see him. But of course, he's the voice of the fucking drone instead of anything. He, he doesn't have a physical presence in the film and he talks like a robot. Yep. That is certainly true. You didn't need him to be in this movie. You could have replaced him with that old Apple speak thing that you used to play with in school. <laughs> no, nah, but they needed an actual human voice because at some point he's going to be like Johnny 5 in it all over the place. Except he never really I mean, granted he starts talking like Johnny 5, but he never puts any inflection into anything. He's always just like, I am the real deal, Ben. <laughs> like, I think at the end he does only when he's quoting someone else. Yeah. Yeah. So so anyway, that's Wentworth Miller's role in this movie. He is the voice of Eddie, the top secret super plane. Yeah. And, uh, oh, the uh, the black captain of the Abraham Lincoln is uh, whatever his name, the head of Cyberdyne from Terminator. Yeah. So that's a... That's cute. That's fun to see. Yeah, so that their, their ridiculous killer AI thing is also being head up by the guy who's in charge of Cyberdyne. Yeah. Uh, okay, so, of course, none of the pilots like this super jet. Well, They're no. all like, it looks like it's terrible. It's going to be stupid to fly with it. The only one who's even remotely willing to give it a chance is Jamie Foxx, and he's like, Look, man, everything is just tools. If they're going to give me a new tool to do my job, I'll use the tool. I don't care. That's I, I couldn't believe that the other two didn't have that same opinion. Yeah, they were like, no, I don't like it. These, I don't, don't want to fly with a thing. These mm. stupid things are going to take our jobs. And I'm like, come on, Josh Lucas, who are you kidding? You're pushing 40. You're almost done with your flight career. Yeah, I mean, it, you, you've already said you've had like two tours of duty. Yeah. You're probably just done by now. They're, they're going to replace your successors, but what do you give a shit? Yeah, so <laughs> Jamie Foxx, the only one who actually has somewhat of a rational uh, reaction to this. Yeah. Anyway, they all decide that because they are grumpy about this thing and they're a little fussy from a long trip, it's time to go to their rooms. And 
Oh Again, my god. Oh this, my This is a, this is an aircraft carrier that they have been on for about 10 minutes. They they get onto the aircraft carrier holding everything that they own. Like they just have their bags. Yeah. They or then get intro- yeah, they get introduced to the plane and then the guys who are in charge, and then they're like, great, now go to your room. You guys we- all have homework to do. Literally, they are assigned homework to do. Yes, they each get a little binder of homework to do that they have to read up on Eddie, and we then cut to them in their bunks, and it is straight up clubhouse. In the ten minutes they have been here, their walls are plastered. With pictures and posters and nonsense. I was I was expecting, like, I knew that they were going to do that, because that's how you do military fetishism movies. You make your main characters into little kids. But I didn't think they'd go so dumb as to be like, they got this done in the last five minutes. While you weren't looking, Jamie Foxx put 300 pictures up in his room, and he started dancing around to a Will I Am song in sunglasses and no shirt. Also, now he has a basketball, and I'm like... What, is that just black man powers in this universe? He can summon basketballs? Welcome to the ship, son. Here's your basketball. <laughs> what the fuck is going on Me- here? Meanwhile, Jessica Beale has put up a bunch of, like, girl power posters and stuff, and also straight up strung a Hooverville-style clothesline across the room with wet clothes on it. She's been here ten minutes, and she's already done the first half of her laundry. And, I mean... To begin with, you wouldn't be doing your laundry. No, the ship has laundry. It's a big fucking aircraft carrier. That thing has a Carl's Jr. on it. (laughs) And the other thing is, you also, even if you were doing your own laundry, you would not then wash it and then go, you know what I need to do? is put up my unmentionables on a string in my room. No, for for reals, the only reason that they put the clothesline up is so we could hang her bra up in the scene for people to gawk at. Yep, it's, ah, her underwear is hanging from that uh, string in her room. Oh, boy. And then Josh Lucas's room is full of, like, white white kid stuff, like posters of bands and an electric guitar leaned up against the corner. Yeah, and again, where the fuck did you get this electric guitar? What's happening? What is this nonsense? (laughs) What? What is happening right now? Did, did, does this stuff just follow them? Did they did they send all of their stupid kid crap ahead and have someone else decorate their rooms for them? I'm amazed that for that uh, Josh Lucas's room doesn't take a Polaroid of him when he walks in the door. <laughs> just a constant model train that's built into the walls. Fake Josh Lucas in his bed in case he needs to sneak out. <laughs> I, I, I'm amazed that it's missing all of these things. Yeah, no, it is absolutely ridiculous. Oh, God. And, and their homework, by the way, is on these little laptop computers they're all given, and it's just constant CGI of pictures of engines and stuff. And they have to, like, look at that and write stuff down in a notebook. Yeah, it's, uh oh, I've got this binder, and I have to write down, like, oh, he goes fast. Yeah. He has engines. The computers in this movie are universally the, uh, everything is a bunch of circles or a bunch of math layered on top of a bunch of other math. All right, so they get assigned a fun mission to fly with their little drone friend, and it's uh, to just go out on a flight. Uh, yeah, a- this is just a test out. We're going to have you go get used to having this guy fly around with you. Yeah, and then all of a sudden during the flight, oh, no, a big secret mission arrives for them. They have to fly into, what is it? Rangoon. Rangoon, and destroy a, a, an empty building that has three big bad terrorists in it. Yeah, they're like, oh, this is a meeting of three of the most wanted terrorists in the same place. We'll never have another chance like this. And if you shoot the building, you'll destroy the building and kill the terrorists, but no one else, because this is a cartoon. Well, the problem is, they're like, no, if you shoot the building, nothing will happen, because the armaments on your uh, your plane are not strong enough to actually do anything. By the way, this is the second time that we see that Eddie is a VTOL airplane. It can take off and land without needing a uh, a runway. 
just keep that in mind because later in the movie he's going to he's going to fuck up a landing uh, <laughs> because he forgets that he's a VTOL airplane because it wouldn't be interesting for the movie if he was at that point. Uh. Uh, so anyway, they have to fly into Rangoon, which they do all super fast, and they're all arguing about missiles. And yeah, because they're like, oh, well, you know, we could try and shoot like this place, and if we do three missile hits on these parts of the building, it'll collapse the building, but it'll also like hit everyone around it and kill like a thousand people. Their solution uh, is brought up by Eddie, who's not supposed to be doing anything on this mission but observing, but he's like, Eddie has a solution. If you fly your jet way up high and then fly down real fast and then fly fire your missile, it will be going faster because you are flying down. Then it will fly through the building and blow up from the bottom and blow up the building. Yep. And instead of them being like, oh, man, is this AI like five? That isn't how <laughs> missiles work. <laughs> That's that's not the way any of this works. If I'm flying so fast that my missile would be going faster, the missile's just going to sit on my jet. Yeah, yeah. The missile propulsion isn't magically aided by you falling. It's just, it's just going to hit you. <laughs> <laughs> but we, we get that, and of course, they're like, oh, yeah, no, this will work. But if you do this maneuver... You have like a 73% chance of passing out. And Eddie's so, like, I would not pass out. Yeah, so so the commander's like, we need to let Eddie do this. And Ben is like, nah, fuck you. I didn't join this so I would be in the 73rd percentile. I'm doing it myself. And, right. like, and again, instead of the commander being like, uh, I'm sorry, did, did you forget that you're in the military? Except he even does. He's like, uh, no, man, this is a direct order. Eddie is doing the combat run. Stand down. He's like... Oh, sorry, having trouble hearing you. And then shuts his radio off. I'm surprised he didn't shoot it with a squirt gun. Ugh. And then he does do the maneuver. It works because movie. And he does pass out. And he almost passes out, but yeah. then he gets his shit together before he crashes into the ground. Well, he doesn't crash the plane at this point. He, oh, I'm sorry, you're right. Before he crashes yeah, into the ground. that's he what I'm saying. He doesn't crash. Instead, they all go flying back by announcing, time to go hypersonic. <laughs> For real, yeah. They go, come on, guys, it's time to go hypersonic. <laughs> Flying around at the speed of sound. <laughs> they fly back. <laughs> they fly back, but Eddie is damaged. And Oh, there's a, they're flying back, but now all of a sudden there's a lightning storm, and he gets struck by lightning. Well, no, Ben's plane gets struck by lightning and while it it's bounces, touching Eddie's plane. Yeah, it bounces off of his plane and hits Eddie. And it flies, and then lightning flies inside of the little ball in a CGI display, and, and I'm imagining we did, I, I, to its DNA. Yeah, I was amazed we didn't get the uh, R2-D2 zapped sound. Just ah! No, we, we get the best thing, which is that Eddie, the ball, the iPhone that is too big, the Roomba that flies this airplane, has DNA in it. Yep. They're like, oh no, his, his digital DNA's been scrambled and it's making whole new pathways. You're like, the fuck are you talking it's about? It's becoming a too smart ball. That's all that's happening. Ugh. So so they land their stupid planes, and then they take out Eddie to fix him, and, oh my god, this is my favorite part of the movie. The, the, there's some tech on the ship, takes Eddie out to start fixing him, and Ben walks over, he's like, what's going on with him? He's, he's acting all erratic. And he's like, I don't know, man. He just, he seems to have developed a bunch of new interests. He's been studying you guys. He's, uh, he's started downloading songs. And, of course, at this point, I, there, he's like, oh, how many? And I just yell at the screen, all of them, all of them. And then, of course, turns 
All of them. All of the songs. And then Eddie proves this by playing like some fucking Incubus B-side. Yep. Because it turns out that while he has downloaded every song ever recorded, all he likes is one Incubus album. Yeah, no, the uh, <laughs> the the plane has gotten every song that exists, apparently. Yeah, every song that's available for download ever. And is just only interested in Incubus. That's just, how you can tell it's evil. Uh, and And young. I mean, it straight up has teenager taste. You can see him, them trying to introduce him to things that are similar to Incubus, but better. You know, like, hey, Eddie, I know you've been listening to nothing but Incubus for like 15 days straight. I, I thought it'd be cool if I loaned you my Deftones album. And he's like, no, they are not pure. Only, <laughs> only Incubus truly rocks. Also fuel. Fuck you, dad. <laughs> have you heard Three Doors Down? <laughs> I have not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now they uh, they then have another meeting where, of course, we get the double apples in the captain's chamber. Where <laughs> yeah, fucking... the captain's chamber where the, where co- where Commander Apples is yelling at at uh, at Ben, and he's like, "You did you contravened a direct order? You you piece of shit! You do you do what I tell you to." And and uh, it, but he's still kind of nice because he's like, "Look, we have to repair the stupid Eddie unit anyway because it got struck by lightning. You three, go take a vacation in Thailand for about twenty minutes of the movie." Yeah, it was. It was like, "Look, man, uh, we're gonna have you do a bunch of stuff, so it's time for some R and R." And he's like, "But we just got here. We literally just got here." I'm I like, "I know, man. I'm with you. I don't want to go to a hotel room. I'm running out of teenager shit to decorate my room with." <laughs> Uh, so, so they go to Thailand and we get just a fucking vacation montage. I mean, we, we get, we get fucking, uh, the excuse to have Jessica Beale in a bikini. Yeah. Cause they go to some waterfall and of course Ben is taking pictures of her because he's a camera guy. So he's like, Hey, pose for me. And she's like, no, so we'll pose for me then. No. Okay. We'll pose for me. All right. Here's that boobs and butt at the same time. Pose <laughs> the, again, it's one of those things with a character where they've brought up like the photography thing, never mentioned before, never mentioned again. But in that scene, he's like, "Oh yeah, I'm super into photography," and I'm like, "I'm going into a waterfall with a camera for some reason." Yeah, to be honest, dude, I'm super into photography when there's nudity or ladies involved. <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't be asked to take a picture in any other situation. So, so I'm with him on this one small point. But he's got like a thousand dollar camera. Yeah, because all they have is thousand dollar everything's in this movie. <laughs> There's never a point where they're like, like, hey, we got to get to, let's rent a car here in Thailand. I'll get a hatchback or something because that's what they have here in Thailand. It's, no, I'll rent a fucking Lambo. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, that is true. Yeah. We even missed the point where they go on their date earlier. Remember that when they go on their stupid double date and, and uh, the whole thing is just an excuse for Jessica Beale to roll her eyes at bimbos? Oh, yeah. And it's just her going, oh, bottle blondes. Man. Why won't you date a smart girl? Anyway, look at my butt. Just what the? I, she doesn't really do anything super smart throughout the course of this movie. The one thing she does that's rad is survive in North Korea for a while. Yeah, but any oh, I guess also be a rad pilot. <laughs> also a rad pilot. Uh, fair enough. She's pretty cool. Okay, fine. Anyway, this is the scene where Jamie Foxx finds himself some Thai woman and just badgers her into being his his, his uh, fake wife. Yep, and that's great. But we, then, oh, while he's in the middle of doing it. They get a beep, and it's time for mission times. Yeah, and this mission is to fly to a danger place. I can't even remember what this one is. Is this the North Korea mission? No, this is the, uh, the mission. There's no. a a guy who 
has he's some warlord that got nukes from Russia. Oh, that's right. This is another desert mission. By the way, these guys fly just wherever. Wherever in the world, no problem. Don't even worry about it. Yeah, 100%. They can just fly into another country, blow up a building, leave. Now, everyone there has seen it. The fact that this movie is called Stealth, it's not like, oh, yeah, and no one ever knew that these planes were there. And it was like, what happened with this building? It just exploded. He flies over cars. Yeah. When he goes in Rangoon and he's almost passing out, he is like flying down a street. Also, there are three other planes up in the air as well. I mean, it's just the sky's full of planes. Oh, yeah. Just rolling around uh, using their big old turbo thrusters because, of course, all four of them have some kind of plasma super jet engine that causes these cool concentric energy rings to come out the back of them. Uh, God. So, yeah, this one they got to do a desert mission. But I'm not just saying they fly wherever the hell they want in this movie. I mean, like, there's a scene where one of them takes a 15-minute flight from Alaska to to North Korea. Where they're just like, (laughs) we got to get to North Korea. Here we are in North Korea. (laughs) Yeah. There is no sense of size or speed it's just go where you want don't worry about it it's It's, just you have a super jet so you get to be wherever you want to be it's because they're fucking kids i swear to god it's just because they're kids it's because as long as they're in their jets they're also in where the world is carmen san diego mode (laughs) let's visit big ben beep here we are at big ben if you can solve this clock puzzle you'll find carmen san diego's hat also you'll get to have sex with a thai woman who doesn't know what you're talking about (laughs) Man, I remember that from the show, and then, and then it got na- narrated by Rockapella. <laughs> oh my god! So, so yeah, desert mission. And on this mission, uh, we, we we get our first real hint that e- Eddie has gone all nutso. Yeah, because they're flying in, and they're like, "Oh, if we shoot a missile at this uh, base that they're in, it will destroy the nukes. But the actual fallout from the nuclear material in these missiles is gonna." blanket the area and and they're like it's fine because there's no one here no there's thousands of farmers until jessica beale looks at her star trek computer and is like i detect lots and lots of heat signatures roughly the size of sheep or people they could be people they're farmers yeah and of course you look at the area and there is no land where you would farm anything also is her jet the only one that has a people detector Probably. That's that's her special jet's power. I, All of they, them have a special one. She gets a people detector. Ben gets a laser beam. Are they fucking power rangers? What is happening? Oh man, they're they're like Voltrons. And of course, when they're when they're fucking Voltrons or Power Rangers, the girl gets the cool thing that isn't a weapon. Oh yeah. It's, it's, it's I got the people, power of heart. She gets the people detector. Yeah. I mean, and you know that like Jamie Foxx gets a cool torpedo that goes in the water. <laughs> I've got ice beams. Yeah. God damn it. So Eddie goes all flippy nutty and and nukes the thing and and yeah because they're like well uh, as uh, Ben's like as the mission lead I'm gonna abort the mission we can't do this because it would kill too many people we're going back and Eddie's like nope I'll do it I'll do it no problem by the way did you know I've been learning from you and you've never obeyed an order in this film at any time yeah you sure seem unusually uh, uh, connected to the idea that someone would follow one of yours yeah as soon as he gives an order and someone doesn't follow it he's like. What the hell? Wait, you mean orders are can't be so can be not followed sometimes? This is a mystery to me. A shitty B rent Owen Wilson. <laughs> wow. He doesn't I, follow my orders. Wow. God damn, I hate him so much. <laughs> so anyway, Eddie does the mission and then flies off on his own. Yeah, he blows that up and then uh they have to like help him because they're going to shoot 
him down if they don't go back as well. Yes. So the mission succeeds, but then they have to call in like, oh, we need emergency medical to wherever the fuck we are. Yeah. And Eddie flies off. Eddie flies off, and they're assigned to go chase him or something. Uh, Like, go get my experimental plane back. Yeah, so this is the scene where Jamie Foxx chases him. And Jamie Foxx is... Like, trying to be nice to him. Is being, again, super reasonable. He's like, hey, man, you need to to come back. And the plane's like, nah, I'm going to do whatever I want. He's like, look, we're all in this together. We got to... We gotta be wingmen, and and you're part of the team, and you gotta come back to base. You've got an order. We follow orders. He's like, Ben doesn't follow orders. Oh, I'm gonna go blow up the Russians. Like, okay, the Russian one, what? one. What? This isn't the Cold War. Why is this the first target? Well, because there's a hypothetical target that was programmed into him as part of a simulation that there's a secret evil weapons base in Siberia. Yeah, and some he thinks fusion it's real. base there. Yeah, he thinks it's real, so he's off to blow up a fake base. And, you know, uh, Jamie Foxx is just trying to stop him, but it's real hard to talk to him because, number one, he's petulant, and number two, he is literally blasting Incubus all the way through this entire sequence. <laughs> so, eventually... Why, uh, why they built speakers into this jet, I am I am at a loss. Yeah, eventually, the uh, they get to the point where he's like, all right, well, I gotta take you down if you're gonna try and cause a war with Russia because... When we bomb anyone else, it doesn't matter. But if we just bomb Russia, that'll be a problem. So it doesn't turn into any... Eddie doesn't kill him. All he does is fly through a complicated canyon until Jamie Foxx can't and crashes into a wall. Yep. Because he shoots a missile at him, and Eddie like flies out of the way. The missile hits the side of a cliff, and then the explosion makes it so he can't see where he's going, and he just slams into the side of a wall. To be fair, that would have happened anyway if he had hit Eddie. Yeah. Because then there'd still be a big explosion in his way. Yeah. He really shouldn't be firing missiles inside of a tight, narrow canyon. Nope. But, but anyway, he does. there he goes. And that's the end of Jamie Foxx, and I am now two for two. Yeah, it is halfway through the movie, and Jamie Foxx is now dead. Yeah. Uh, I'll, just, I'll go ahead and say this. Man, they really don't seem to care all that much until the, uh, the end the of the movie. End. Yeah. I mean, they're a little mad for a little bit. Like, right after it happens, they're like, oh, keep it together. We got we to gotta get that plane. We'll, we can grieve later. And by later, I mean at the end of the movie, randomly. They, like, after all the... Because this isn't even, like, halfway through the movie. This is, like, a third of the way through. And, and they still have a bunch of ground missions and secret intrigue and shit they have to do. Yeah. And then at the, by the end, you've kind of forgotten Jamie Foxx was in the movie. Uh-huh. You're like, oh, man, good for you, Jamie Foxx. You managed to get out before this went completely up its own ass. So at this point, we split what's happening because uh, while she's trying to fly back to the ship, Jessica Beale's plane gets all fucked up and she crashes in or she has to bail out. Well, yeah, because a, a piece of shrapnel from Jamie Foxx's exploding plane hits hers and her like one of her wings isn't working properly or something, something some bullshit whatever she has to punch out and she does a really exciting punch out sequence where her she parachute hits catches on fire glass joe and then he falls down and then <laughs> she's like yeah that, i yeah. gotta go fight bald bull <laughs> well that'd be weird if you got to skip straight from glass joe to bald bull right you have to fight that german guy after glass joe i know kaiser punch punch i don't know i don't remember his yeah, that was it. Kaiser Punch Punch. Kaiser Punch Punch. And then I want to say H- Honda something or other was the, th- the third guy? There was Piston Honda. Piston Honda. The However, third guy. there was also the uh, the weird racist Indian stereotype. Yeah, but he's right after. He's after Piston. He's the first. He's Piston Tiger Honda's, something. Yeah. Uh, Piston Honda is the, the first boss. 
you fight you fight Glass Joe, Kaiser Punch Punch, Piston Honda, and then you skip to the next league. Like you get to see your first bike riding sequence, and then you fight. Uh, I think it's the Spaniard first. Oh no, Spaniard's way towards the end there. Oh, was it the Indian next? Then is yeah. it? Ti- he's t- he's tiger, one of the first ones. Tiger, tiger Bla- beep beep. Tiger beep beep with his with his like teleport in his in his uh, turban. Yeah, his crystal turban. Yeah. And then after that, I think is King Hippo, or King Hippo might be the th- the second boss. Nah, I don't know. I, I'm sure King Hippo's early because I remember him being the big gimmick that was he came to right away, and you're like, oh shit, look at this doof. <laughs> huh. He's the easy one to beat as long as you know what the gimmick is. Well, it's all, the same with everything. Yeah, they, they, all of them are. That is a puzzle game. <laughs> nah, man, fucking Don Flamenco. That guy was a dick. Don Flamenco's not that bad. I know how to beat Don Flamenco. The only one that's really tricky is is Tyson himself because you have to really be split second with the timing. That is true. Yeah. Anyway, why are we talking about Punch-Out? Because she punched out of her airplane, and she her uh, parachute caught on fire, but she landed in North Korea, and then she goes on a, on a fun adventure. Meanwhile, Ben gets to chase the airplane, the uh, Eddie around, and then they go to something which I feel like the movie was burying the lead here, because <laughs> it turns out that the military has a sequence, like a, a ring of, fuel, of unmanned fueling zeppelins all over the world. It turns out that Ben and Eddie are both low on fuel, and he's like, well, he's not going to be able to reach his target without refueling, and I won't be able to reach him without refueling. So we know where he's going to head. He's going to try and head to this fuel zeppelin that is just around and has no one on it. Let's let's break down the concept of a fuel zeppelin, first of all, because this thing has a crazy amount of fuel in it. Oh, yeah. Well, it, it's huge. It's enormous. It's like a flying unmanned city, and it's not just a zeppelin. It's not just a gas bag. It's like a whole bunch of metal crap. Yeah, there's like a metal exoskeleton over it yeah it looks like a like one of those oil rigs like offshore oil rigs but really like hot dog shaped it honestly looks like something i would find in final fantasy yeah it looks like something from final fantasy 7 it really does and there are dozens of these things ringing the globe apparently so bearing the lead here that that, that america has developed super airship technology and they just use it for gas stations yep air gas station which how are they doing that the energy it would take to keep something that full of gas in the air. <laughs> so uh, Eddie pulls up to the space gas station and inserts his little well, fuel dick into the thing, and it's like access denied. Yeah, access denied. Yeah, and so and so he, this giant unmanned space drone is straight up cock teasing him, and he shoots the end of the fuel line off. Which just, the hose then is now pouring fuel out into the air. Yeah. Now, you would think that, one, the pump for the fuel would actually be a thing that, you know, would shut off if something like that happened. And if it didn't, shooting it with bullets would probably cause it to explode if fuel was just sitting in the line. Well, no, because Eddie's got super secret cold bullets. Of course he does. Cold bullets that don't cause fires. Also, you you can't touch me. I have a force field. Yeah, that's, that is Eddie right there. Eddie's the nine-year-old with a force field. <laughs> so anyway, he takes his probe and jams it up the broken hose and refuels that way. Yeah, and God bless the broken hose. <laughs> and then he starts flying around in circles, creating an aerosol ring of super fuel around this thing. So then Ben flies up, and he can't see the enemy jet because it's so stealthy. But he he starts refueling at the other pump that still has its little nozzle thing at the end. Yeah. And Which, he's by the refueling. way, at this point, we learn something special about Eddie or about uh, Ben's jet because it can also hover, apparently. We have not seen it do that till this point, and if it, could, if it can hover, it shouldn't have to spend a bunch of time worrying about complicated takeoffs and landings. But here we go, watching it fly zero miles an hour so it can refuel at a, at a fueling station in the sky. Yep. 
and we get a lovely little like Jaws reference as the side of the plane goes flying past with like just the tip above the clouds and like oh look it's it's coming for you man and then Eddie starts playing Incubus off loudspeakers in the sky so you can so so that Ben can hear it and you can you can tell it's not just in Ben's cockpit because it's got like kind of an echoey effect he is playing Incubus super loud in the sky to intimidate <laughs> Ben and he sets the ring of fuel on fire instead of just say shooting a missile at him if he wanted to kill the guy but no he's like i know what i'll do i'll put a ring of fuel up here and then set a fire that burns very slowly in a circle i'll set an elaborate trap for you gadget yeah what is is he doing is so dumb i don't know what is happening right now but yeah, he's I'm like, guessing that burning ring of, of jet fuel is just an Incubus song that we haven't heard of, and he got the idea from that. <laughs> he's like, guys, this is going to look so cool. I'm going to put this on the cover of my new album. <laughs> I have also started an Incubus-style band. We're called Succubus. <laughs> Stankubus? What's up? We're Hooba Stankubus? Hooba Stankubus. <laughs> and the Blowfish. Oh, Hooba Stankubus and the Blowfish. My favorite band. <laughs> Also, fish is spelled like the band fish. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. So, anyway, they have a little more aerial cat and mouse. Now, I would like to explain that back in non-flying around time, uh, <laughs> fucking Commander Apples is secretly in league with a some politician. person, in, some politician who wanted to get this project off the ground. Yeah. And that's why, even though Eddie was sort of zapped and damaged, he let him fly on this mission, and then the politician's like, look, it's going to be your ass if this fucking UCAV blows up something in Russia and starts a war. Which is straight up just an excuse for Commander Apples to give one of those the military is always superior to politician guys speeches. Uh, let me tell you the difference between a politician and a warrior. No, that's later. No, it's both. He has that conversation at the beginning, and then he, it's a foreshadowing for the ending. So... The his whole thing is he's like, well, now I've got to make the hard choice. And the hard choice is I've got to kill all my pilots. Yeah. So uh. fucking we've got Jessica Beale down over North Korea. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jamie Foxx dead and Ben still just chasing after that plane. So he somehow manages to wrangle Eddie into following his orders. Well, it's because they didn't fight two Russian fighter planes. Oh, that's right. And they end up being on the same team. Which, by the way, that's just them flying into Russia. Two fighter planes come up because they're like, hey, you're encroaching on our territory. You need to get the hell out of here. Get away from us. Get away from our country. And then Ben heroically shoots them down and kills three Russian guys. <laughs> there and, will be no mention of this again. This is not gonna. This is not enough to cause an international incident. Nope. However, uh, part of one of the exploding Russian planes hits Eddie. And now, oh no, he, he has to decide between finishing the mission or... We're going back to base, and now his self-preservation is kicked in. Which is a module, by the way. They keep, every time Eddie does anything, it's his, it's his oh, you, you've activated his conscience module. So his self-preservation module is now strong enough that he's like, all right, fine, I'll go back to base with you. So Commander Apples is like, look, just fly back to Alaska. I've got a base there that's civilian, and it's full of like engineers that help me build the Eddie. It's a great place for you to go. And of course, it's full of evil mercenaries. Well, yeah, it's just, what's there? Uh, it's military guys who are like... Oh, non-military guys. They're, they're, they're all, they're civilian. They're all paramilitary. I remember thinking that was stupid as hell because as a like, Commander Apples is a commander in the military. Why does he also need a fake army? <laughs> so 
the uh, the guys at this base, they try to kill Ben by, like, Poisoning the doctor in- tries to inject him with something, which the weirdest thing to me is the doctor's like, look, I'm going to give you something for the pain. It's also a mix of antibiotics in case anything's infected in there. And he's like, no, I don't want a shot. And he's like, well, look, I just, I need to give you this shot so that you can actually do your job. He's like, I want a shot. I, oh, yeah. This is literally a heroic big kid fighting off a doctor. Yeah. That's what this is. It's it's a kid going, no shot, no. And then he manages to give the doctor his own shot and the doctor dies. Although this doctor is just some fucking civilian mercenary. The moment Ben's like, no, I don't want a shot. He should be like, oh, okay. I'm not going to be able to poison you with my super shot. Instead, I'll just walk away a little bit, get a gun and shoot you. I, there we go. You Pro- don't have any reason to believe that I'm going to try and kill you, so fuck it. Yeah, uh, to, to me, I mean, sure, maybe we can suspect, or Ben suspects that this guy's trying to poison him, but to me, because of everything I've seen about Ben so far, I think he just doesn't want a shot because he doesn't want a shot. Yep. Because he's 10. Yep. He was promised that they were going to McDonald's, and instead they tricked him and made him go to the doctor. So he now has to, like, fight his way through all of these mercenaries, the fucking... Uh, Orbit guy who made the ED pro or Eddie program. I keep saying ED because of because uh, of Mass, Mass Effect. Effect. Yeah, but it's Eddie. It's the same. It's the same acronym as the thing. Yeah. So Eddie is. Oh, uh, he's learned how to feel, and he feels bad about what he did. He's he he's so sorry. many people. He feels terrible. Oh, except he doesn't say it like that because this is an inflectionless robot. So he's like, I understand that I need to be shut down. I feel bad. Yes, I feel now. I feel sorry. Okay, good. I, I am terrible. Also, Incubus is a bad band. <laughs> have you heard of Evanescence? They have changed my life. Uh, so... I am a juggalo now. <laughs> Please paint half of my ball white. Yeah, I've painted half of my ball white. <laughs> that makes you, you know a juggalo. That makes you a down-ass ninja. I am a down-ass ninja. <laughs> so... <laughs> Ben has to now fight his way through the base, and wouldn't you know it, the fact that Eddie has a cockpit comes in handy. Yeah, after he rescues Dr. Keith Orbit, the super cool mega hacker who uh, who manages, who's being ordered by the mercenaries to, enra- to erase Eddie's brain. Yep, just erase everything that happened. I want that ball to just say, yes, sir. And again, keep in mind that earlier, the first mercenary we see is that evil doctor who's like, I'm going to give you a shot. No, I don't want a shot. Well, I'm going to wrestle with you till I give you a shot instead of like giving up. This time, it's some random mercenary who's like, hey, erase that robot's brain. I'm not ready to erase its brain. Erase it. And he puts his gun away and starts wrestling with Keith Orbit about erasing the robot's yeah, brain. Instead of just like putting the gun to his head and being like, you erase that shit right now. He's like, oh, I'm going to wrestle you. Well, the I'm other a- thing is, there, this is this, oh, I'm so angry about this. There's a giant button on the screen that's like, erase robot brain? Yes? <laughs> yes no. no. And he's Maybe. Like, he's like, he's like, do it. Erase that robot's brain. I'm not ready. Shoot him. What do you, just press yes then after you shoot him. It's not like he's gotten to a part, complicated part. It's not like three layers of math that you have to deal with. <laughs> it's a giant button that says, erase robot brain? Yes. Yeah. I mean, the amazing. worst thing that's going to happen is another screen's going to pop up. Are you sure, erase robot brain? Oh, no. <laughs> Too many windows. <laughs> Would you like to take a moment to register robot brain? <laughs> <laughs> so the uh, the fact that Ben has to now team up with Eddie in his own plane is... 
anticlimactic in the extreme. Stupid as hell. Because then they all they do, all Eddie does with him is fly him to uh, from to North Korea, from Alaska to North Korea. Eddie's last moment of heroism is just giving him a ride. Yep. Oh, and by the way, Jessica Biel has spent the last 20 minutes or so running around North Korea being chased by a bunch of soldiers. A bunch of faceless chuds and then a sexy North Korean I know. Guy. I kept hoping he'd have a good guy turn because he was sexy as hell. Yeah. Whoever that was. That was one hot North Korean. <laughs> but- also, they were dressed nothing like North Koreans. <laughs> they were dressed like World War II guys. It was amazing. It's because this movie is from before North Korea opened up the tiniest bit and we saw that everyone there dresses like a gas station attendant. <laughs> like every military person there it's just... Dresses like Dr. Venture all the time. Like, I'm wearing a light blue speed suit. I'm in the military. The, no, these guys all look like World War II guys. <laughs> and uh, when Ben finally manages to get to North Korea, Jessica Biel has gotten to the, like, the, the wall separating the, the two of them. Yeah, he's, she's gotten to the South Korean border by just running and escaping from all these dogs a bunch of times. Yeah, she's been shot in, like, the shoulder and the leg, but still just running along fine. It's great. Well, no, she ends up falling in some mud and having to do a sexy slow crawl. And by the way, I was... Want to go three for three? She's in a belly shirt. When she crashes her plane, she takes off her flight jacket, and she's in a Gwen Stefani shirt. <laughs> Oh, man, I would love if it was actually Gwen Stefani on there. Oh, yeah, like an old No Doubt shirt. Yeah. But no, it's it's just a Gwen Stefani style shirt. Yeah, and she's running around North Korea with that. Oh, boy, which I, I, don't, I don't understand, but whatever. Because they gotta get, they got to put that butt on the screen, man, and some of that torso. Uh, like, instead of letting her have a flight suit, you know, like, like a pilot would. You know, like a pilot. So anyway, she gets to the DMZ border and they immediately start shooting at her. So she has to hide in some mud. And then uh, Eddie lands. Ben gets out of Eddie and starts running around with a rifle, uh, rescues her from the from the good looking North Korean. I don't I don't understand what the plan was Uh, here. Eddie only has one seat. Yeah. I'm like. And again, this is another thing in the movie where uh, even though Commander Apples has now uh, been revealed to be a bad guy. Fucking... Oh, God, that scene. Yeah. Fucking, what's his name? The Take other it. guy. The, the captain. The captain is like, captain hey, no apples. You, need to, you need to come back to base. Uh, yeah, I'll reveal that Jessica Biel is shot down over North Korea, but that's not a thing we can do anything about. Oh, yeah. And Ben's like, no, fuck you. I'm doing it anyway. Fuck you. I do what I want. And then, and then Eddie's <laughs> like, oh, I turned off the signal. There was nothing more to say. I'm like, this is why the plane went bad. Yeah. You're terrible. By the way, we also should talk about the scene where uh, Captain No Apples goes to arrest Commander Apples. So, Captain goes to arrest Commander Apples. And Commander Apples has basically just gotten... Evil. He's sitting in a dark room with sunglasses on eating an apple. Yeah, he's eating an apple with sunglasses on. With his sunglasses on, he looks like fucking Max Headroom. And fucking the Captain comes in and he's like, hey, uh, we know what you've done and we know that... You, you're going to be under arrest because you like, tried to kill your own squad. You let this UCAV go when they shouldn't yeah. have, and you've lied to everybody. And, and he's like, you can't prove any of that. And the captain's like, no, I can. No, but I'm for real, though, I can. I can. And he's like, oh, okay, well, I guess you Because Ben is me. still alive. You thought he was dead. He's still alive. Right. And then he's like, okay, well, I guess you've arrested me. Could I get a couple minutes alone? And instead of him going... Uh, no, that I'm going to have how... guys take you to the brig right yeah, now or whatever. That's, that's not how arrests work. I don't think you get this. You're you're under arrest. Oh, okay. Well, can I just go do some shopping real quick? 
I just got a few last-minute Christmas items. Oh, Mom, I'm on level 7. Just let me finish out this level. I just need to get to a save point. Can I do that before you arrest me, please? And, of course, the captain's like, yeah, sure, you can have a couple minutes by yourself in a giant goddamned room. And Full just, of weapons? And even if he wasn't, very obviously, I was like, as soon as he walked into another room, I went, oh, he's going to go kill himself. Like, that's what's going to happen. Like, you as the captain should have known that that was going to happen, but whatever. Also, let's talk about what he does. He goes into his little room. He pulls out a shaving bag and pulls a gun out of it. He calls that politician again, who doesn't even answer. And so on a voicemail, Commander Apple says, like, hey, man, not even taking my calls anymore. Now you need to listen loud and clear. This is what a warrior sounds like. This is the difference between a politician and a warrior. And then he shoots himself in the face, which leaves us with the the thought that, what, a warrior doesn't take responsibility for his actions and kills himself like a coward? That's what you're trying to say about military warriors? Yeah, a warrior will always just take the easy way out, not own up to the things he's done wrong. That's the warrior way. Warrior way. Don't take responsibility for your actions. Just kill yourself. Ugh. God damn. That was the worst i wanted all i wanted was for for captain no apples to burst in and be like nope we figured you might be a coward (laughs) anyway off you go time for you to actually face punishment yeah oh christ so that's the end of the bad guy and again the in the north korea thing no idea what ben's plan was he was like oh i'm gonna go save her okay but how you have a jet with ass seat in it what do you plan on doing when you get there, even if you do find her? I which, how he does, I don't know. I assume he's just going to squinch in real close to her, and then like during a during a cl- pivotal part of the flight back home, he's going to yawn and pre- pretend to yawn and then put his arm around <laughs> her because he's 5 or 10 or 14. He's uh, any number of kid ages. Yes. That's his plan. Also, at this point, he's realized he's actually in love with her. Oh, yeah. Well, that, that's been the thing throughout this whole movie, is every time the two of them are together, he's like, Oh, I kind of, but I won't say anything. Well, I don't want to have feelings for you because you're my wingman, so I'm going to bury myself in bimbos. Yeah. So that's, it's not like you couldn't predict a movie about a white guy, a white girl, and a black guy that the white people would end up together and the black guy would die. Yep. And the climactic scene where he goes to save her, there is a chopper that is going to try and kill them. And Eddie, to save them, begins to VTOL take off. Mm-hmm. While this is happening, he's just shooting machine guns. Like, taking off while just shooting into nothing. Like his pilot just held down the right trigger because he didn't know not to. Like, all of a sudden, Eddie, Eddie is being flown by your mom. Like, it was like you were in one of those video games where you're like, oh, I don't actually have a bullet count, so I can just hold it down, and the only thing that's going to change is my accuracy percentage on the final screen of this level. Yeah. And then he slowly raises up, gun still blazing turns around and right when he turns around to face the chopper is no longer shooting and then gets just sits there gets shot a bunch by a helicopter and then decides the best thing that it can do is ramming speed the helicopter yep so there goes eddie that's the end of the eddie super ship he his last moment of heroism was to give give ben a ride to north korea and then kill himself like a moron yep he took the warrior's way out. Yep, and then Ben manages to shoot the sexy North Korean, and then him and uh, Jessica Biel get out on a helicopter. I yeah, th- I think. No, I don't think. I don't even know. If we see what happens. We, to do, them. do we not see their escape? It's just, oh, the Eddie blew up, and so did this helicopter, and you're near South Korea. Smash cut to 
We're at the, Jamie Foxx's funeral. The boat funeral, because that's how Top Gun ended, so let's just do that again. Ugh. So so yeah, uh we we see Goose I mean uh I mean Jamie Foxx's funeral. Yep. And and uh sure enough, there's Ben Ben uh having a conversation with Jessica Beale alone on the boat. There's you know, he's not under arrest or anything. No, no one is under arrest. No one is being questioned. You know, like for 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 illegally and against direct orders sneaking into North Korea on a secret jet and then blowing shit up in North Korea uh or for killing those three Russian pilots. Nope. Nothing. No repercussions. No repercussions. Absolutely there is none. I don't know why Commander Apples was like, I gotta kill myself, because apparently nothing would have happened to him. Oh god, no. He would be in no trouble whatsoever. They just take him into the principal's office and tell him he needs to write, I will not try to kill my pilots 500 times. Yeah. So, anyway, the he's talking to, Ben is talking to Jessica Biel, and he's like, giving her the little speech about how now it's just the two of them, but it's okay, because two is a prime number. And she's like, just shut the fuck up and tell me you love me, you pussy. End of movie. End of movie. Just say you love me, you pussy. Great. Yeah, and then we cut to some more Incubus. No, it was BT. We cut to some BT because this movie was not made in the early 2000s like you think, but in like 1995 or something. Here's some BT for you. Remember them? No? Of course you don't. No one remembers BT. There were eight Incubus songs on the soundtrack of this movie. Oh, it was like two BT songs... Eight Incubus songs, and I think, like, one other thing that just happened to be playing on the radio. Will I Am. Oh, Will I Am, that's right. Yeah, there's a Will I Am song, and it's it's a cover. It's a cover of an yeah, old soul song. Yeah, it's a cover of Sly and the Family Stone. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so cover of Sly and the Family Stone, eight Incubus songs, and, and a BT remix of a David Bowie song. Great. Two covers and a bunch of Incubus. That's what I wanted. <laughs> My God. Uh, uh, all right, so... There, there we go. That yeah. is That is stealth. Let's... Let's wrap it up because we're we're pushing. Yeah, let's let's get into the best and worst. Best thing in the movie for you. What was the highlight? Uh, the highlight of this movie for me was God. I hated everything in this movie, John. <laughs> I really did. I know. I I mean, I I kind of know what your least favorite's going to be, but give me something for a favorite. All Anything. Right. My favorite thing in this movie is uh, Jamie Foxx's weird ass performance, except for the part the part where he's like straight up forcing a woman to date him. Good. Everything okay. but that is kind of fun to watch Jamie Foxx, like, before he was famous enough to not have to be in stealth. <laughs> like, I think Jamie Foxx at this point is probably famous enough to force them to remove him from stealth. <laughs> you need to retroactively take me out of your movie. Yeah, like, hire George Lucas to replace me with Jabba the Hutt or something. Just <laughs> just make it. Just, I'm not in that movie anymore. The, you hear me? I am no longer in that movie, he says, pushing over a mountain of cash. <laughs> But I like his weird delivery and crazy performance for a lot of this film. Until he goes straight up Good Morning Vietnam. Okay. Yeah. Which, by the way, is my, my least favorite Robin Williams movie. Because, again, he's just straight up mind-raping some random unfortunate person in a country he's visiting briefly. Good. Yeah. Go ahead, though. What's your favorite thing? Uh, favorite thing in here is going to be the apples. I think that was a really nice touch to let Thematic. me know that uh, someone was going to be an asshole. Anytime someone had an apple, you're like, well, that guy's a dick. Yeah, Ben's a dick. He gets an apple in the beginning. Yeah, he gets an apple when he's a dick, and then Commander Apple's always a dick. Oh, Commander Apples. <laughs> oh, Commander Apples. Applesby. Uh, it was, was it? Uh, it's uh, Admiral Apple's Bar. Yeah, Admiral Apple's Bar. It's a trapple, he says. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I... God. He had so many apples. All just Granny Smiths, by the way, as well. Yeah, come on, man. Get some Fugees. Get some, something. Get some Honeycrisps in there. Those are delicious. Man, get some pink ladies. Get a get your a gala apple in there, something. 
Red nope. Delicious? Granny Smith's the whole time. Yeah, like he's going to make the a bunch of- worst eaten apples. Like he's going to make a bunch of pies. Yep, that's what he's waiting for. He's just waiting for pie time. I can't make a pie until my cool UCAV does all of its cool killing things. In the meantime, though, I'll just gather up all these apples. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so- <laughs> Worst thing in the movie for you. I'm going to say all the times the airplanes just straight up deny physics or all the times that they call one kind of airplane another kind of airplane. Yay! I knew it. Yeah. Because <laughs> watching a movie with me about airplanes is like watching Lord of the Rings with your horse friend. Not like your friend who's a horse, but your friend. <laughs> yeah, my horse friend. He's like, well, no, sir. I don't like it. Wilbur. <laughs> I don't like anything in this movie. Thanks, Mr. Eddie. <laughs> Mr. Eddie's father. <laughs> No, like, because I'm the sort of person who's going to constantly point out what type of airplane that actually is when they call it something else. Oh, they called the the Russian ones Terminators? Yeah, big 35 Terminators coming after us. They're like, no, no, those aren't, that's not what those are. Nope, sorry, guys. <laughs> sorry, nope. Those are some gussied up CGI MiG-29s. I, that's not a, a Korean style of helicopter, guys. I, I... You know what? Because I'm I'm bad enough where I'm mad at Top Gun for using Tiger Sharks instead of MIGs, and I'm still mad 30 years later. Yep. So th- that was going to be a problem for me. But it, really, the misidentification stuff, I understand. No one, no one fucking knows. Who cares? And what I meant about the horse friend is that you have that one friend who's always like, they changed horses between scenes. That's not the same horse. That's not the right kind of horse. <laughs> that, that sort of shit. Like, I'm, I'm that way with airplanes. Uh, but really, it's the physics denying stuff. Like, there's a whole bunch of dogfighting in this movie where the good guys win because their airplanes can just stop. <laughs> like, they're just flying along, and all of a sudden, Eddie will just stop where he is and just spin while shooting in, in place. I'm not talking slow to a stop and hover while shooting. I'm talking he's flying along, then he's just not, and then he's flying along again. Yeah, there's, that is true. There, there is, There's no inertia for these airplanes. <laughs> there's no banking. If the airplane needs to make a 90-degree right turn, it does. Also, the airplanes keep getting new powers that they never use again. They have infinite missiles. One of the airplanes can shoot torpedoes that makes waves. One time, one of the good guy airplanes has its, its wings swing way forward to turn into the airplane into a different shape, and then none of them ever do that again. Yep. It's just constant, my airplane has another new power I just discovered. No, it's it's just... Hey, you know what would look cool? This. Yeah. All right, oh, but well, is that a thing? I, guess nah, we, I don't know. I guess we do that then. Like, if the airplane is a swing wing to re- reduce its drag, it should do that every time it's flying super crazy fast. But they don't. It's just one time the guy needs to fly in a loop, which is the one time you wouldn't want them in that configuration because you need the drag. <laughs> Makes sense, movie. Uh, anyway, what's your least favorite thing? So my least favorite thing is definitely going to be the odd lack of repercussions. Oh, yeah. The fact that they have... Multiple sanctioned missions, which are just, we're going to go fly to some other country, blow something up, and leave. Yeah. And then they have several unsanctioned missions where they go to another country, blow something up, and then leave, and it is never mentioned. No, the whole thing is a child's idea of what the military is like. And it's not even like, oh, we need to mention, hey, we had to smooth things over with the Russians, or, oh, man, it's a good thing that... I have a friend uh, that the knows, Pentagon or something knows that we can do whatever. No, it's all just. Well, you guys sure learned a lesson. Yeah, I, I'm glad that nothing bad happened, even though we blew up several Russian planes over Russia and then blew up a ton of shit in North Korea. Yo, the whole thing, top to bottom, is a child's idea of how the military works. Yep, like you guys had to fly into a secret country and blow up a super building because there's terrorists there. 
Oh, okay. Are, are we allowed to? Yeah, because of bad guys. Yeah, no one will ever care because you blew up terrorists. If you kill bad guys, your dad will like you. <laughs> You'll get a sweet, huffy bike. <laughs> It'll have little handguards so you can ride it through light bushes. <laughs> like yeah. that's that's the whole movie. It's ridiculous. It is absolutely ridiculous. Let's uh, let's get to our rating. One to five for both of us gives us the rating out of ten. Jeff, for one. stealth, one. One. This was painful and stupid. The the one thing I can say about it is at least it was propulsive and it didn't really have any slow points except for the Thailand sequence. For the most part, it's just shit's happening. Now shit's happening somewhere else. Now it's over. <laughs> uh, so at least it had that propulsion going, but that's not enough to get past the whole childlike worldview. Yeah, I'm going to give it a 1.5. Same reason, but I'm going to give it the point five for it moving along, at least. You know what? Fine. I'll, you've argued. You've got me. We'll give this guy a three. Yeah. I'll give it a 1.5 as well. There you go. Stealth gets a three out of ten. It is It's not very good. It is real bad, <laughs> which is good, because from what I understand, it was a major flop. Oh, yeah. That's why I think I remember all of the uh, ads for it back in the day, is because they pushed that shit hard, and it did not land. No, no one wanted to see this. It doesn't star Tom Cruise. No one cares about a jet movie that doesn't. <laughs> uh, so there you go. That was our review of Stealth. Of course, if you if you like that, you can go ahead and give us any suggestions you have for movies. It'll go on the big list, and we will randomly select. So you can do that on SystemMasteryPodcast.com. Go to the big list, make your suggestion there, or you can go to r slash SystemMastery on Reddit. And we've got a sticky thread there for suggestions as well. And, of course, if you'd like to support us, you can go to Patreon. We are on patreon.com slash systemmastery. That'll let you support us. Of course, we only charge for the System Mastery episodes, not the Movie Mastery. But you still give us some money, so it's nice. Not even the Afterthought episodes. It usually adds up to, if you give us a dollar an episode, you're giving us about two bucks a month. Yeah, and that's for, like, four different shows. <laughs> you can afford that. You're fine. We, we, we generate, on average, six shows a month. Yeah. I'm sorry, eight, because I'm not counting the bonus content, which you get access to yeah. when, you, when you support us. We generate about eight shows a month. So we've got a ton of stuff for you to listen to. If you're only listening to the Movie Mastery, go ahead and at least listen to The Afterthought. It's dumb and is just mostly us talking about stupid crap. And, of course, if you like the RPGs, you can listen to our main podcast, System Mastery, where we are reviewing stuff all the time. Actually, if you're a listener who only listens to Movie Mastery and not System Mastery, send me an email. I, I don't think you exist, so I'd be curious to find out if that's true. I want to know. I, I'm just curious. I don't think we have any of those. It's but, possible. Yeah, but but if if you are, if you're specifically just a Movie Mastery listener, let me hear from you, because that'd be weird. <laughs> so weird. Yeah. So. And you can do that by emailing us at systemmastery at gmail.com. Yep. Attention, Jeff, you'll have to say, because I'm the one who asked. And then, and then please do not attach a picture of your dick. <laughs> please, for the love of God, do not. Because I will never be able to remember you just by that. <laughs> so, there you go. That was us. We will see you, actually, in one week, because this was late from last week, so we're going to have two in a row. Yeah, plus we'll have the afterthought out in, like, three days. And if you want to vote for what we see for November, we've got our poll up and you can vote for what we will see in theaters for November. Yeah, might as well just go ahead and put in that Doctor Strange vote now, folks. <laughs> We're ready for it. So until then, though, we will go ahead and say have a lovely week. We will be back sooner rather than later, one week from now with another episode 
of movie mastery. And folks, please definitely do go vote on the In Theaters Now poll. It is the only vote you'll be able to do this month that will only hurt us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, everything's terrible. Have the, a good the week. The world is ended. Good night. Good night.